This week's brand new all fiction podcast. We are happy to be joining you on March 20th, 2019. As always, I am one of your hosts, Touche, and joining me this week is the man from Down Under. And by Down Under, I mean the Bahamas. We've got Tommy. What, of course. And Sean, the other man from Down Under, and by Down Under, you know where I mean. Oh, I'd <laughs> so uh we are back once again uh bringing you the uh latest in anime video games tv and all the other nerdy stuff that matters to us uh we've got a pretty big uh lineup coming this week so we're gonna go ahead and jump right into it first up this will uh, probably throw some of you off we're going to lead off with anime for this week. So, oh, my God. I know. <laughs> Most of you are probably used to uh, the anime getting uh, lost somewhere along the way. So it's it's front and center this time around. Anime often gets lost in Leon's mouth, I feel like. Yeah, that's, that's pretty true. So, um, so we got a, got a couple, of, a couple of items here for this week. Um, first up... Uh, a anime that I know that Tommy and I have been watching. Uh, Sean, I don't think you picked this one up, but, uh, the, uh, that time I got reincarnated as a slime had its, uh, second season announced. And, uh, this week also concluded the, uh, the first season, except for a special episode that will be airing. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty awesome news. I absolutely have really enjoyed this, this anime. It's probably one of the more fun, lighthearted series that I've watched in recent time. Tommy, how close are you to being caught up? I'm like, sure, probably like 10 episodes behind. How many? I think 10. 10? Good God, I didn't think you were that far behind. Are you honestly yeah. that surprised? Uh, uh, I guess you're right. Hey, yeah. I had a lot of other things to watch and play and read, okay? <laughs> so, so I had to cut some things back a little bit. But I will be caught up by the next time. Okay. <laughs> we record. The the only thing I won't go into too much then since Tommy's so far behind. The the biggest thing with this anime is uh the the premise is Isekai, but I feel like it it changes enough of like the general formula for an Isekai series that it makes it more interesting. And the characters are just so likable. I, I've never watched an anime before that can introduce a character in one episode. And by the end of that episode, you 
care so much about them. Like, I, I just, I don't really get it. They're all so endearing and, uh, I don't know. I, th- I think part of it comes from just like the lighthearted nature of the show, but it also has enough serious moments that you, you know, it's, it's not so much that, uh, there's nothing at stake. Um, man, I, I want to talk about like specific instances, but I can't. So, um, so definitely Tommy catch up on that. If any of you out there are looking for a fun anime that you can just kind of chill with and have a good time. Uh, this is definitely it. The animation is also really good in this series. Um, the voice acting, everything all around is really, really enjoyable. So I would definitely check it out. And I am incredibly excited to hear that we're going to be getting a season two, which I think, did they say when that was going to start, Tommy? Do you know? I I don't think they gave a date. Okay. So this fall again? That, that would make sense. I doubt I it would be summer. I thought it was 2020. Oh, did, is that really? I could be. It could I, be. I thought I heard 2020. Okay. Either way, that's fine. It, you know. Um. And uh, on a another season two note, uh, we got the the trailer for One Punch Man season two. Did uh, both of you have a chance to check that out? Man. (laughs) (laughs) It looks different, doesn't it? (laughs) It definitely looks different. It definitely looks pretty rough around the edges. And uh, I don't know, man. (laughs) Who's doing this season again? Uh, It is JC Staff. Hmm. So we went from Madhouse to JC Staff. Sean's favorite studio. The studio that cannot be named. So, I I don't think that the entire blame for this can be placed on JC staff. I think it can. Because <laughs> cause apparently their production schedule has been something ridiculous for this season. Apparently, yeah. like their production schedule is basically they have one week to animate each episode. That's insane. And man, like why why do that with a property like One Punch Man that became so wildly popular even outside of Japan? Like why would you do that? Uh, I feel uh that that just uh, blows my mind. Like they couldn't wait for Madhouse yeah, like, I mean, we already waited this long. I feel like it couldn't have been that much longer to wait for Madhouse, you know? So, I mean, I know they're working on Attack on Titan. What, part? Season 3, part 2? I think so, yeah. But couldn't they wait after that? Like, what? When, when did the first season come out again? One Punch Man? Like, twenty two years ago? Yeah. Three years ago, I guess, yeah. I, it's like, you may as well just wait about half a year ish or so I'm sure that there are some some reasons that they have for doing this and I don't even hate JC staff like Sean does but <laughs> I don't this either, but. this is this is rough man it doesn't even look like one punch man it, it almost reminds me of something that happened in the past and it escapes my mind where 
Yeah, some of the situation happened where, oh. Like, they've completely lost the art style, I feel. It doesn't even, I don't know. It just doesn't look like One Punch Man. And then just the the quality of the animation, like, that one scene in the trailer where he jumps out of the building, it looks like they just, like, clicked on it and dragged him away. <laughs> oh, like, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was, uh, it's so rough. Um, I don't want to tell fans of the series to go watch this trailer because it's that bad, but you should definitely uh, maybe watch this so you know what to expect from this new season. Didn't I think you two watch Log Horizon, right? Yeah, I watched Log Horizon. Didn't something like this happen with Log Horizon? Not that I know of. Yeah, it went from Gonzo to Dean. They did change the studio, but... No, it it didn't. didn't. It changed studio. That's what I said. I said they did change the studio. Oh, okay. But is that an upgrade or a downgrade? Uh, it wasn't an upgrade, but it, it didn't look like yeah, it was a downgrade, but it didn't look like trash. Hmm. Like it, it fine. Yeah, it was fine, but also Log Horizon isn't like it's not a show like One Punch Man is. Like One Punch Man is like so style. Well, I don't want to say stylish, but it has like that personality to the animation and everything like that. I feel like Log Horizon is much more generic. You know, how did you remind me? Sean, who's doing uh, Mob Psycho? Sorry, which one? Mob Psycho. Bones. Yeah, Bones. They could have gotten Bones to do it. Uh, they, have, they have that Bones money? I don't know about all that. I mean... I would imagine they have the Bones money after the season one. That's true. That's true. But apparently they decided to go JC staff. (laughs) Man. I'm sure JC staff gave them a good discount. I'm sure they did. Oh, God. JC staff's got to get that money for more Shokugeki. For more Index. (laughs) Oof. (laughs) Maybe 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 they chose unwisely for the trailer and everything else is going to be fine. Maybe. I don't have a lot of faith with knowing that production schedule, though. It'll probably still be the same as the first season, just not... I mean, like, energy and atmosphere-wise, I think? Just not as pretty? I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. Um, but yeah, that pretty much does it for that. I guess, uh, one thing that I feel like we would be overlooking to not bring up quickly with this discussion is the fact that, um, the issue with the production schedule for this show is not just limited to One Punch Man. It's, it's a issue that's been going on industry wide with anime and it's I feel like it's really going to come to a head at some point but a lot of these animation studios are stretched so thin right now just with the the amount of anime that are being pumped out and you know they can't handle these schedules they can't and have it be at the quality that you expect you know they don't have an off season yeah, exactly. And there's no such thing as And also too, you know, you think about the animators and stuff like that and they already get paid so horribly. Like 
this is, I don't know, it's pretty bad for the industry. And, you know, that's why you've seen stuff, uh, some of the stuff that we have uh, supported on Twitter, like the animator dormitory project and um, some of the stuff that we talked about back on uh, the original AF blog about just some of the uh, conditions with uh, animation studios. And it's only gotten worse over the past couple of years. So um, I don't know. I'm hoping that something can be done about that. It's, it's really rough. And, uh, you know, you hate to see a industry that you care about and that you get a lot of enjoyment from suffer from conditions like that. Um, yeah. You know, most of these animators, I'm sure, are people like us, you know, grew up watching anime and wanted to become involved in the business. And uh, it's uh, it's it's rough times. Hopefully they can get some stuff worked out with that. But uh, um, hopefully like um, businesses like Netflix can help somehow. You would hope based, <laughs> based on, you know, their recent endeavors and i think that that's something that a lot of people were hoping for with a lot of uh western companies now getting involved both netflix and amazon and crunchyroll and everything like that but it doesn't seem <laughs> to have done much at least not it's, so far yeah, it's hard so to tell. it is hard to tell we don't have a direct like in on this stuff you know especially us being in the english speaking side of the of the anime industry. Um, you know, I just know what little bits and pieces that I get from some animators and, uh, directors that do post on Twitter in, in English. Um, it just doesn't seem like it's improved a lot. So, uh, everybody out there, they do still do have that fundraising for the animator dormitory project. So definitely check that out. Um, so it's a good cause for a lot of animators who have trouble making ends meet, you know, making less than minimum wage. So it's crazy. Yep. All right. So moving on to happier news, maybe sort of, um, we've got some video game discussion going on and we've got, uh, got quite a few items here to touch on this week. So we'll, uh, Let's start going down the line. Uh, first up, uh, those of you who keep up with video game news may have seen Google's announcement from yesterday. Um, the Google Stadia, which is their new streaming platform for video games. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't have a ton to is... say about this. <laughs> I thought it was... Interesting, to say the least. I mean, like, I, I saw the reactions to it from others, and I thought, like, look, they, they were coming at it as if this was going to be an E3 presentation. I'm like, yo, come on, this is GDC, mm -hmm, Game mm -hmm. Developers Conference. Yeah, they may have made it seem like it was going to be something bigger than what it was, and I, I would say it is something big based on where you live in the world like okay so the google stadia if you don't know is some is you know google's solution to 
was it uh, 1080p 60fps gaming without having to download anything onto whatever device that you're going to play on. You can play on what your your phone, your tablet, your desktop, your laptop, and your TV. Yeah, yeah TV. Chromecast, if it's uh, if you yeah, if you have a Chromecast or if your TV is Chromecast enabled. Yeah. So that's that's their vision of the future of gaming for I guess for the foreseeable future and I guess the biggest point that most people would bring up was um, what kind of internet you're going to need for this I don't know if you saw it Shay about um, I think they said 25 megabits right something like that yeah the yeah, I think the specifications for 1080p were not too bad, but it was when you started to get into the 4K. 4K. Yeah. He said 30. And I was like, just five more? Yeah, that's that... not, that's not true. <laughs> I was like, mm, I don't know. I, like, maybe I was like, I'm not an expert, but that doesn't sound like enough <laughs> to me. I could be wrong, but I don't know. Maybe it's that Google Fiber I've heard about. Yeah, I know, right? I, 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 I've never experienced it. <laughs> I mean, I, I would be able to use it here because the best ISP that we have offered here is 100 down. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what I have now. So, uh, I think my big thing is I wouldn't have any issues using it where I live either. But the problem is, and there, there's a few problems, but the biggest problem is most people aren't that lucky. Just, yes. Just straight off the bat. And that's not just, you know, in our part of the world, but the rest of the world as well. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you're lucky enough to live in Japan or South Korea. Um, oh, man. <laughs> and it's funny because uh, Japan would be so perfect for this, but they're not launching it in Japan. <laughs> yeah, that was, was like, huh? Why would yeah. I say Japan on this? But South Korea. The problem is, is... Internet connections are so spotty, and and a lot of people immediately when you say that they are they immediately bring up oh well, we're going to have five G on our phones soon. It's like no, I don't think you understand. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you understand a how far out we are from having that be like the standard, and b it's not going to be this magical be all end all. Like it, it it's really not. <laughs> so. I think the problem, sorry, go ahead. I'll, let me, I'll say this really quick. The problem yeah, is sorry. that this, this can't be, at least not currently, this can't be a replacement for someone's console. What it can be is an access point for people who are more casual gamers to be able to play games. Yes. And I think that's great. I think that's really good. But I feel like that it's for it to catch on, it's going to have to be a bit more than that. And maybe Google, maybe Google's okay with that. Google has money to blow, <laughs> so all of the money, so they can, you know, I don't want to say waste, but they can spend money on a project like this, and whether it succeeds or fails, you know, at least they've helped to forward that technology. I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. So I guess we'll see. 
I think the the big overestimation that people are making of like, oh, now Google is in the same market as Sony and Microsoft, and it's, it's not, like, not not really. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's like like I welcome newcomers, but let's not get a bit you know out of hand here. Like, okay, as a gamer, like calm down. But as a tech nerd, like I find some of the things that they talked about very interesting. Like I like yeah. the the thing that they showed of where. Like, if you're watching a trailer or something of a game, and then you can go directly from the trailer, say, uh, they said, what, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, you just click play, and you're mm-hmm. in the game. So, I want to think something like that would be as seamless as, you know, click the button and you're in. And, yeah, that would be, like, I'm willing to want, you know, to try it out whenever it comes out. Yeah, hopefully, definitely. Hopefully, we... I guess in the launch area. Yeah. Uh, I would assume it will. I guess the big thing is there's, there's a lot of questions they still need to answer. Yes. Like the latency. Question. Yeah. The latency, the price of what this is going to be. Yeah. Um, and then you get into the whole other issue of ownership of <laughs> games and everything like that. But that also ties into, the current like digital landscape as well. So that's a, that's another story. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's cool technology. I, I'm glad that it's happening. I just, I do not think that it is this game changer that some people thought it was going to be (laughs) that some people still think it is. Um, but it's, it's cool. You know, I mean, Hey, you got who wouldn't want to be able to play your, you know, video game anywhere that you go? Yes. You know, at 1080p 60. Yeah. You know, you're, you're at home playing Assassin's Creed and then you go get on the train and you can continue playing Assassin's Creed, you know, stuff like that. Like that's, that's really cool. And, uh, hopefully one day the technology is for, there for that. I think that we are, you know, slowly getting there and mm-hmm. Google being a part of this is going to speed that up, obviously. Yes. Um, but this isn't something that's just going to happen overnight. Did you see, uh, um, Phil Spencer's reaction? I did. I did. He's like, nothing. <laughs> How did he say exactly? Nothing groundbreaking was revealed or whatever. Yeah. It's like, we're going to come. <sighs> we're going to, we're, we're going to come, you know, with. I think the full, th- you know, a full yeah slate at E3. I'm like, yeah, way to go, Phil. I think the one thing, the one thing I will say, no matter how Microsoft approaches this, I think that their approach to this is probably going to be better than Google's because they will have a definite thing going for them that Google does not have, and that is they will still have the option. To, yeah, for you to have a dedicated box. Yeah. And that's where the difference lies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think, and that kind of puts Microsoft in a better position because they can be like, well, hey, this is an option for you if you want this, but you don't have to do this. Whereas with Google's, you're the only way you can access it is through this streaming apparatus. So, We'll see. Yeah, we're going yeah. <laughs> to touch on it in a, uh, again, but Microsoft is making these st- strategic moves 
where they're putting Xbox Live on pretty much everything that would allow them to. Yep. Yep. Including the Switch. Yep. And that kind of ties into our next discussion. One thing I will say is I feel like um, Microsoft is probably going to put this streaming service that they are working on on the Switch as well. Oh, I definitely can see that. I think that that's a, that's a done deal. I think that they, they've probably already worked that out. I think it's going to happen. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Who could have foreseen Microsoft and Nintendo becoming really yeah. best friends? I guess. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> you put Microsoft in enough of a corner, they'll do anything. So, so are they fusing? What's going on? They uh, they got they got beat so badly this time around that I think that they are literally just throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks. <laughs> like, uh, they are surely in a position to make the next generation very interesting. They are, and that's the thing too. Is even even with them doing so poorly this generation, they've still made so much money. Like it. It's not that the Xbox One hasn't sold well. It's sold well. It's just that the PlayStation has sold insanely well. Yeah. And the Switch, too, now. So. Yeah. Yeah, they've just now hit half of what PS4 has sold, and Switch is in a position to pass up Xbox One, I think, like, within the next month or so, if they haven't already. Really? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I thought they were... What are they at now? Switch is in, like, the 30 million mark and xbox is in the 40s really yeah huh interesting yep super crazy stuff um powers combined <laughs> yeah that, yeah combined i mean you know that puts you in the range of the playstation but even combined it's still not quite there <laughs> so we'll i guess we'll see but that does bring us into nintendo so we've got some uh some quick discussion on the Nindies, which is Nintendo's indie platform that uh, there were a few games announced today. Um, we won't go through all of them, but the uh, the big standout is uh, one that very much connects to what we were just talking about. Uh, they are officially bringing Cuphead, which is a uh, Microsoft-published title, to the Switch. And I think that's a really good fit. Uh, that game makes sense. Yes, 100%. I was hoping to see uh, Ori in the Blind Forest, but... I you know. <laughs> think that's going to happen E3. I think so, too. I think so, too. I think they're going to open with that, maybe. Maybe, maybe. But I, I definitely think it's going to be in whatever direct they're going to have. And maybe even uh, Phil, Phil Spencer or someone in the, in the direct. You never know. It's based off of today, like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, you never know. It's like, what's next? It's like, is someone from Nintendo going to show up? But <laughs> Yeah, they could. They could. So that was a really big one. Um, there were a handful of other very interesting announcements throughout. Double uh, Fine. Reveal. Yeah, Double Fine's new title. Um, a lot of stuff, like all of the ones they showcased looked really good. There, yeah. I couldn't say there were any that I were were blah blah blah. <laughs> I can't say that there were any that I was like not impressed with. Um, I think the other one, and I think most people would probably agree, was the uh, the cadence of Hyrule. 
Oh yeah, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, the crypt, the crypt of the Necro Dancer spinoff, which that <laughs> that looked really cool. The fact that it looked like um, Link to the Past, like man, yes. I'm I'm all for it. My only gripe was the um, the character artwork looked kind of off. Like the actual uh, in-game stuff looked great. <laughs> yeah, but you know that's a small that's, that's a small thing. Yeah, you know yeah. it's. But um, but yeah, that game looked really cool. You know, uh, I'm I'm excited for that. And those two were probably the ones that that most uh, most got me excited. I also liked uh, how they dropped Blaster Master Zero. Oh yeah, yeah. Now that was a big one. Yeah, and it's out. Yeah, out today, which I may so actually I, have to pick gotta, that up. So yeah, yeah. I have the first one. So yeah, I gotta go. With yep. Yeah, I thought that was really cool that they were doing that. So, and I'm not sure since I'm not caught up with see with the uh, season two, but for those who are Stranger Things fans, yeah, the game is dropping the same day as season three, and that looked really good too. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm really in. Me. Yeah, I know. I'm really enjoying the fact that the the Switch has become a good home for these like retro styled indie games, mm-hmm. and not just you know from a nostalgia standpoint, but you know it seems like we've finally gotten to where these games are actually quality games. It's not just like, yes. hey, look, we can do something cool and 18 or 16 bit, you know, like, um, it's actually like good games to back up the visuals. And the Switch is such a good fit for that because I feel like these are games that, yeah, you want to be able to play on your TV if you want, but being able to play them on the go is such a good fit for games like that. And especially Cuphead. <laughs> yeah, you know, like just pick it up, sit it down, play it here and there. Uh, it just it really lends itself to to those sorts of games, and I I couldn't be more excited for the level of support the Switch has gotten from games like that. That's why it's selling. Exactly. It's uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that gut gets to fifty million by the end. By the end of the year, yeah, I would believe it. I guess we'll see. It was the yeah, best best selling console for February, yeah, and Pokemon. So, <laughs> Pokemon is going to push a lot. I yep. I think so. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's what's going to get Sean to buy one. Oh yeah, got the pre orders lined up right now. <laughs> you have to get both Sword and Shield. Uh, no, I'm not a loser. He's going to get Gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. One more piece of video game news and we'll get into some actual discussions. Um, uh, I think we may have mentioned it on a past episode, but, uh, the Epic Game Store on PC is, uh, extending its reach even more with, uh, some more exclusive titles. It's getting crazy, man. Uh, some of which were from, uh, Ubisoft, some were from Quantic Dream, um, so on and so forth. But, um, some major titles that were announced as exclusives today were Control, which is from Remedy, mm-hmm. uh, which that looks like a really good game. I'm pretty excited for that. Um, the Outer Worlds, which is uh, from, uh, shoot, what's that studio? Obsidian, Obsidian yeah. <laughs> um, 
from uh, quote unquote Fallout slash Borderlands. Yep. Ish game. Um, from the original creators of Fallout. Um, uh, Beyond Two Souls, Heavy Rain, Detroit, and yeah, um, yeah. Which we did know that they are no longer going to be purely developing for Sony, which is fine. Whatever. <laughs> Apparently, those are still owned by Sony, but they're okay with them publishing. Them. I'm sure. I mean, it's just more money for them. Yeah. Um, they've made their money off of these games. I'm sure that they've already recouped their, you know, development costs a long time ago on each one of those. So for sure. But yeah, so. I mean, that, that's cool news for a lot of these things. Um, not so cool news that they're exclusive, but I don't know. On the one hand, I'm glad to see things shaking up and PC not being completely controlled by Steam. But I don't know if Epic is the, <laughs> is the studio that I want controlling it either. <laughs> It's like, I've seen the reactions and I'm like, I don't want to necessarily join the chorus of, oh, epic, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay. It's like, I know, guys, the whole snooping around thing. (laughs) And I feel like that's not going to last. Like, that's that's not going to be a thing. Because Steam did something like that, too, at one point. I'm sure you remember yeah. that, Tommy, like way back in the early Steam oh. days. Yeah, I vaguely remember it. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Like, it's so long ago now. So, and I think Origin did that as well, if I remember correctly. <sighs> I feel like something like that happened so. with Origin. Yeah, I'd have to look back. So, I mean, the it's growing pains for a new service. I don't think that it's any kind of, like, malicious thing. It's probably more, like user analytics and statistics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Which, you know. And people are saying, oh, we're boycotting the games that are going there. And I'm like, look. Like, I think my main problem with it is that many people like to complain about this, oh, another launcher thing. And I'm like, are you that lazy? It's just yeah. a launcher, right? <laughs> because it's, it's not like mm-hmm. you have to buy another console or anything like that. All you yep. have to do is take maybe five seconds to download the installer. You know, uh, you play um, Epic, uh, Origin, Steam, uh, whatever else. There's quite a few others out there. Bethesda. And you have it. Like I, I understand the desire to want everything in one place, aka Steam, mm-hmm. but that's also feeding into the, oh, you know what? Steam, 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 Steam. Like, yeah, I mean, for for lack of a better way to put it, that was making Steam a monopoly, and for better or for worse, it's going to take a company like Epic doing this to get. Uh, you know, Steam to A have better practices about this, and maybe eventually it'll push a lot of these um, companies into, you know, having, I don't want to say DRM free, but maybe letting you activate your game on multiple services or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, so I guess we'll see where, where it goes, but 
something had to shake up the status quo. I don't know if I'm completely happy it's went that it's gone like this, but I mean, now what is something I will agree with a, a slight portion of the chorus with is when a game makes it clear that they're gonna be on Gog and Steam. I, I don't know if you heard about this. She, uh, I, yeah, I, I know Phoenix what you're talking Point? about. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and you suddenly say, hey, we're going to be coming out exclusively for one year on Epic Game Store. Mm -hmm. And it's because of the money you receive. Like, okay, I understand you had to make that decision. Because apparently, which, which made me laugh, they said that what they received from Epic was, you know, so much that if they had to refund 100% of Kickstarter money, they would still be in the black. And I'm like, wow, what? How much <laughs> money is that? The, the thing with That's Epic, insane. right? Epic has so much money to throw around right now. Oh, like, yeah. Fortnite has made that company into the king of video games, basically. So. I'm curious to see where, where this all goes. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're just along for the ride, and we're still. Uh, if it was a roller coaster, we haven't even gone over the uh, the first hill yet. So, <laughs> so yeah. Well, moving along, um, I know you two boys have been uh, knee deep into the division two. So why don't you why don't you guys give us a rundown, Sean? I know that uh, that you jumped into this one right away, and it's uh, kind of surprising, actually. Uh, well, I've always liked Division back when we played the first game. Leah and mm. I, I would say like a year or two ago, maybe. Yeah, it was yeah. twenty. I think twenty sixteen was when it came out. Yeah, I think I played it like when it was on discount. So maybe like a year <laughs> twenty seventeen probably is when I started playing. Yeah, I think didn't you play it after they had put out some of the bigger patches and stuff like that? Yeah, and I think by then it was just like twenty bucks. Yeah. Already. But yeah, that that's a game that's always clicked with me when I play, especially as a team based squad shooter. Um so Leon and I greatly enjoyed the first one, so obviously we're here for the second one. Uh and we've been having a really good time with it. I think we're a little past the point where the, the beta ended, maybe one mission ahead of that. So yes. we didn't get too far, but you know, we're having a good time playing it. We're like ten hours in. Yeah, roughly about. Um, did more side quests that weren't available in the beta. Yeah, yeah, we've been doing a lot of side missions. Um, we still have not encountered encountered the fabled K-pop song. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one it's of these gonna, days. It's gonna pop up somewhere. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I heard. I feel like the level design in this game compared to the the first game has definitely greatly improved. Oh, for sure. We we just completed one main mission in uh, one of the Washington D.C.'s. Uh, I guess it's a natural history museum. Uh, yeah. Of some sorts, and it's very very cool how the mission structure of that level kind of take takes you through all these different exhibits in the museum. So you're going through like, uh, like a, I guess like a, like a civil war kind of 
area. So you have that setting and then you keep progressing further and you're like in a Vietnam setting. So it's more of like all of a sudden you're from, from going to like an urban setting, all of a sudden you're like in a, a jungle level all of a sudden, which is really cool, I think. Um, and I think we may have touched up. I don't think we did. If we touched upon this in the beta or not. And it, it still sh- surprises me every time I play it. But the music and the sound design in this sequel is out of this world. I felt like the opening for this game it was eerily similar to the Stranger Things opening. Yes. <laughs> I was really? wondering what to compare it to. <laughs> yeah, it definitely. Now that I think like about that. it, yes. It's exactly how how it felt. Like, like I can barely remember the music from the first game, but this one has been sticking with me since we started, and I'm like, wow. Like, when you're in the middle of a fight, like, it kicks up a little bit, and you're like, wow, okay, I'm feeling this, and getting into the getting into the action and into the, in the excitement and I think there's just more to go yeah and like, oh. one of the things I think they addressed from the first game that they did good on with this game is the enemies when you progress further they don't seem too bullet spongy in this I feel Thankfully. like that they're still you'll still have that to some degree but like I think they're how the difficulty ramps up is more like how the enemies start moving and yeah, and their abilities. Yeah, they're surprisingly intelligent. Yeah. This is what we last night we encountered one who can fully heal. Yeah, the one of the bosses healed itself like halfway through the fight. It's like his shield was down and his life was down halfway and then he healed up his entire health bar and armor bar. I'm like Wait, what? Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's like, what happened? And apparently, I think I mentioned it as we were playing, but there are medic enemies that can revive downed and other downed enemies. Oh, man. <laughs> I saw it in um, one of the uh, kind of funny streams. Uh, I think it's the same night that you uh, told me about it, Shay. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was the... Uh, yeah. Like the... I don't want to say the launch night, but it was like the... Uh, I think it was the night after. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I saw it, like, one of the enemies were down, and the medic went over and just revived him. Like, wait, <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> it's like, okay, that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> so, you know, that's basic, basically an RPG tactic. You take out the healer first. <laughs> and I think they're heavily armored, but, yeah, it's tons of fun. Like, we're only... Like you mentioned, only 10 hours in. And I think there's only much more fun to come. Yep. We just need that fourth man for our squad. (laughs) Wink, wink. (laughs) No can do voice. I mean, Sean even went ahead and created the clan. Oh, yeah, I made the AF clan boys clan. (laughs) (laughs) All fiction clan, yo. You actually. Maybe we someday. F- we gotta find that K-pop song. That's endgame uh, material right there. Once you guys yeah, find that, song. that's when I'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get on PC as well. But 
are not full price. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Maybe I might get a discount. Or there I you go. These uh, Ubi points that I'm gonna expect. Oh yeah, yeah, you do have some of those, so gotta spend those Ubi bucks. <laughs> you might have a twenty uh, percent or something discount coupon on sale. So would you yeah. say overall that you guys are really enjoying it? Oh. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think I'm going to be playing this game for a while, not just because just not because of the story, but I heard there's I think Ubisoft has already announced like free end game content or like additional yeah. yes. story missions as yeah, well. Yeah, so the they're kind of approaching the the season pass in a weird way. Like the actual like in-game content, like I guess, like the uh, the story stuff is going to be free, but there's extra content that you can get if you get the uh, like the year one pass and everything like that. But they're trying to make it so if you don't own the season pass, that you're not just like locked out. Yeah, I think you get it earlier. Maybe that's what it is. I I think so. I think it's like seven days earlier. I looked at uh, I looked at their chart for this stuff, and you know how you know how that stuff goes. It's it's always pretty pretty confusing. So yeah, I, not as bad yeah, as uh, as anthems was though. Hmm. You know, I still like anthem, but man, division is so fun. <laughs> <laughs> like I just love the division. I feel like uh, anthem is another story for another time. Yes, it is. But, uh, cool. We, well, we need, we need to finish that, actually. I'm really glad. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I'm really glad you guys are enjoying it as much as you are. So, uh, yeah, I know. Maybe. Maybe someday. <laughs> uh, so, a couple of other uh, quick gaming tidbits. Uh, Resident Evil 2. I know all of us have played that at this point. Uh, that was... They've done such a good job with that, man. Like, that's a really, really good remake. Yeah, I've never played the original uh, Res 2. I, I think I, I started with 4 and went my way up. I played uh, Res 2, but, like, in passing. I think my uncle had it on his PS1, and so that was my I, impressions of it. I only played uh, Claire's disc, because the person that I... Borrowed it from only had her disc. <laughs> I think they lost Leon's disc somewhere. Well, or broke. <laughs> so I, that's the only disc I got to beat. So I did beat the original one. <laughs> um, but yeah, like just gameplay wise and visually, like man, they just did such a good job with it. And I think um, four is my favorite Resident Evil. I know a lot of people. That's probably true for. Um, but I feel like that this, in some ways, kind of channels for to me just some of the the gameplay choices that they that they did, and I don't know. It, I really really like this game a lot. I Resident Evil has never been like my be all end all franchise, but I've always you know I've always enjoyed it over the years. But I feel like this may be the most fun I've had with one in a very long time. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, what I've I played, I haven't played the full thing yet, but from what I've played, it feels great, sounds great. The, the whole atmosphere is, you know, pure Resident Evil. 
And it makes me hope that Resident Evil 8 is this, has the same kind of feel. Like, mm. I haven't played through 7 yet, even though I have it. And I heard that it was excellent. I hope they go back to this style for Resident Evil 8. I would, I would hope so. I was going to ask that question, actually. Would you guys, in the inevitable Res 8, would you guys prefer something more akin to this? or And I know Leon, you didn't play 7, or something more similar to 7. See, I played 7, and I liked 7. Um, but it also just didn't really feel like Resident Evil to me. Hmm. It felt like it was kind of its own standalone thing. But it was, it was still really good. It was great, yeah. I don't have anything yeah. negative to say about it. But I don't know. I, I really liked Yeah. I really liked the atmosphere of Seven. Oh, for sure. Um It's really creepy. But I, I just I love the gameplay, the third person gameplay in, you know, the main or the older series and that kind of stuff. And I feel like with the remake of two, they really have that dialed in. Like it, it just it works so well. I'm kind of in a love and hate relationship with Res Two gameplay. I'm, t- I'm talking about the new one. Mm-hmm. I, I I do like the controls, but I felt like they intentionally made the and I'm playing on console, so maybe this has something to do with it. But they intentionally made the aiming difficult. Hmm. On top of obviously the harsh um, <laughs> kind of item scavenger, you know, you have to scavenge for inventory and ammo and all that. Yeah, I will. Yeah. I will tell you this: aiming is easier on console than it is on PC. <laughs> oh, really? Because on PC, there's no auto assist. I think you may have some way to enable it, but if you're using controller anyway. But it feels like they intentionally made. You're aiming sluggish. Like, I even turn up the sensitivity a bit. Mm-hmm. But it's very difficult to aim in this game. I think that's I can see that. I design can see that. choice as well. I think it is. I think that they... It makes you, like, more on edge. Yeah, because Resident Evil has always... I, it's been less about firing and more about knowing how to maneuver... Well, the thing is, I've never had this problem from 4 to 7. That's exactly why. And then when I play 2, I'm like, why am I not... I know these are shots I can normally make, and I'm just missing half the time. I I can see why you feel that way, especially if this is your first time experiencing quote-unquote original Resident Evil. Because I'm used to it from playing 2 and 3. And, you know... You never relied on the gun. It's like, yeah, you shoot a couple of times, but you uh, had to do... Uh, wasn't that more of a... Zombies. That was more of a top-down perspective from it with Amy, wasn't it? Um, Where this is more uh, behind the back. Yeah. But, you know, you still, it was a little easier because you had auto-aim. But it's still, you, you know, you weren't guaranteed to get, you know, kills or whatever. So it was more like cripple the zombie and then run past, or you don't have to shoot at all. You just run past them if you know the path and go. 
Mm-hmm. But I think, like we said, I think the reaction that they got from this, the reception, and I think the sales are going to continually show it throughout the year. I think this may convince them to make Resident Evil 8 like Resident Evil 2. I, I, I love so. Res 2, but personally, I would like them to spiritually keep going with 7. Or mm. they, may, they may add the option, third to first person. Just because like you can, I feel like you take the horror more seriously in you seven, whereas everyone's a bit too cartoony in two. But I think that's also kind of the that's the charm. Yeah, it's the charm of. I think that's what Resident Evil has always sort of been, and I feel like I don't want to say that seven lost that. It just it didn't. I mean, it was a different style to Yeah, it was a different style of game. You know, it was it was not traditional Resident Evil, which is fine, you know? I just, I don't know. Maybe there's a way that they can approach it that can... The new form of Resident Yeah, that can please, yeah. like, both sides. I and guess we'll see. I, what I was I disappointed sure. in, I, I haven't completed completely, but I really like the addition of VR in 7. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it was a first-person perspective. You don't have that in 2 because it's behind the back. Yeah, there's no way that they could that they could do that, so... And I think going forward, I think VR, especially with horror games, that's a great complement to that. I think that really See, takes it thing, to the next level. Is that Resident Evil? Man. Resident Evil has always been a you know a, a horror game, but it's not just a horror game. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Well. I can say for sure we're going to get Resident Evil 3 Remake next, more than likely. I think they're going to do at least RE3 and Code Veronica. Mm. When? I can't say. I, I think I that think they'll a, do 3. I can see them definitely doing 3. Oh, I think it's a guarantee at this point. Because they already have the groundwork laid down with Raccoon City. So... Really, the only work is whatever design they choose with Jill. And what's the other guy's name? Carlos? Chris. Yeah. No, Chris isn't in three. No, he No. Yeah, he isn't in three. Code Veronica, which is going to be, again, Claire. And they already have Claire's model, so why not make it? <laughs> and Chris. Which I, apparently they're using the model that he had in Resident Evil 7. So. I've never played 3. I think a 3 re- remake would be cool, but I don't want Capcom to get in this cycle of continually hashing out a remake. I mean, and I know this is a very high-quality remake, but I would like them mm. to kind of keep moving forward. I, why not both, I guess? I want three. For me, <laughs> at least, I want three. I really love three. So maybe they have. Three. Maybe Capcom has enough development teams that they could do Resident Evil Eight. Uh, if they could, that'd be then, great. You know, but I feel like ultimately, if you can only pick one, mm-hmm. that's what I would I'm choose. Pretty sure they're working on it now. So. Maybe they'll. Uh, maybe they'll alternate. You know. They, yeah. Yeah. I think that would be fine. Yeah, because I we won't see eight until the next consoles. Clearly. Yeah, it's still gonna be a while. So. so. 
You know what I would really like to see that will never happen? A Dino Crisis remake. I, how did I know that was coming? <laughs> I really like Dino Crisis more than more than Resident Evil. I just find the dinosaurs uh, more interesting than I'm zombies. Go that far. <laughs> I don't know uh, that far with that. <laughs> I miss Dino Crisis. Hey, maybe it might happen. Who knows? Who knows? It might happen. Don't, it might. Don't, don't get your hopes. Stranger things have connected. happened. This guy. Stranger things. <laughs> I can see it happen. Next gen, maybe. All right. Not Rebecca. What's her name? Regina Returns. <laughs> so uh, that, uh, that pretty much wraps us up for Vigigame time. Um, let's go ahead and uh, move along to everybody's favorite, the DC Power Hour. <laughs> so uh, we've had a couple of episodes of Flash since... Uh, since the last cast. Um, yes. I know, Tommy, I think you and I both are one episode behind. Maybe two. Yeah. Two, so I guess, if, I you, saw if was, you count this week. So. Yeah, so the last one I saw was King Shark versus Grodd. Yep, which was the same one that I have last seen as well. So That was a fun episode. Yeah, it was, surprisingly. Yeah. I, it was was definitely, um, uh, I feel like they have to have, like, the big, like, filler episode every season, and that's kind of what this was. Oh, yeah, the uh, main bad guy. (laughs) But honestly, like, the way that they approached it, it was really fun. Like, the, just the way that the episode played out and everything, I, I had a really good time with it. The one thing that annoyed me was when uh, Barry used the uh, cure on King Shark, a.k.a. Shea. (laughs) (laughs) Which was, I was like, wait, that's his name? I didn't know that. (laughs) But uh, when he used it on there, and um, Cisco and, uh, was it just Cisco? Anyway, they got upset at Barry's, and I'm like, wait a minute, why are you guys mad? <laughs> yeah, this I makes mean, no sense to me. Like, especially since in the prior episode, they were like, yeah, we've got this, now we can use it to, to stop Cicada. Like, it's like it's so like, you can use it to stop him, but not another bad guy? Yeah, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Clearly, you weren't going to ask him for his permission. Yeah, they were going to be like, hey, man, you, you, are you going to be okay if we do this? Like, <laughs> And then, like, I think a writer picked up on it because we mentioned it near the end. Because they were like, it's like, why did you use it? And I'm like, you know King Sharp was going to bite your head off, right? <laughs> it's like, that's what it looked like he was going to do. Yeah. It's like, did you think punching him was going to work? I, I don't think so. <laughs> that dude was made out of pure muscle. So I'm like, I, I, like the whole part didn't make any sense to me. Um, Caitlin and Cisco getting angry at him using it. I'm like, where did this come from? Yeah, it seems kind of weird. It seemed kind of weird. And I was like, alright, whatever. I'll look past it. But um, I think they picked up on that 
on that uh, contradiction because Barry at the end is like, we're going to give him the choice for the cure. And I'm like, wait, what? Say <laughs> <laughs> like, now you pick up on the contradiction? Yeah. Oh, man. But it wasn't a deal breaker. No, no, it was I, still it was still cool overall. And I mean, King Shark and Gorilla Grodd are some of the more memorable villains from the series. So I'm yeah. always happy when they kind of work them back in. Mm-hmm. For sure. And, um, though I gotta admit, I think I liked the previous episode more, which was basically all about Nora. Yeah, yeah, that was a really good episode. <laughs> Rewinding time, what, 52 times? Yeah, it was very much oh. like a uh, Groundhog's Day episode. But, uh, <laughs> oh, but yeah, so I, I thought that one was really good. I I like episodes like that when, uh, I don't know the best way to put it. Like, I, I, not necessarily focused on one character, but yes. it's like from one character's point of view. And I think that the, the Flash is one of the, you know, it can really shine when they do that. And usually it's from Barry's point of view, but... Uh, I feel like sometimes they spread themselves a little bit too thin. And so having this episode play out from Nora's point of view and kind of leaving the other characters to just be part of the story worked out pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, though I did like uh, the stuff with Cisco in that episode. I feel like that was, <laughs> that was pretty entertaining <laughs> yeah, overall. <it> was. <laughs> um, and it makes sense that, that Cisco would be the one to, you know, Remember. yeah, to figure out what was going on. So, yeah. Oh, and we forgot to mention Joe's back. Yeah, yeah. After all this time, <laughs> he's back from what? Tibet? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> the baby, and I'm like, this is so weird. Yeah. <laughs> I miss Joe, though. Joe is such a good character, man. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, he's always one of my favorites. Yeah. But yeah, that was, that was good. I, I'm looking forward to uh, the next episode and everything like that. So, Flash has been pretty good this season. It's yes. still a little uneven, but it's uh, much better than, than last season by a long yes. shot. I so. guess, yeah, at this point in time, yeah, it's still better. I guess we'll see how they end things, but I mean, overall, really my only issue with this season, and it's been kind of the case with, with Flash from the beginning, it's just, it's become more apparent as, t- as time has gone on. I really feel like they don't need to focus on one villain for the entire season. I think they need to break yeah. it up. Like maybe, yeah. maybe do two villains or something. It's just, it's trying to drag out them fighting one villain for an entire season just makes the pacing so, so bad. And it's not really like the writing's fault. It's just, it's hard to, hard to do that, you know? You know, in a, in a comic book, they would have this stuff done in like, I don't know, four or five issues or something like that, you know? And to stretch that out over a TV series that is, you know, one hour a piece for how many episodes? Like 20? 20. 
twenty something episodes a season. Two? Yeah. Like I mean, I feel you would chalk that up to writing though. Because I felt like the earlier seasons did not really have that problem. They didn't, at least not as much. But I don't know. I feel like this is something too that a lot of the superhero shows suffer from. Like even the uh the Marvel Netflix shows suffered from just dragging on. Like yeah, I just I don't know. You know what show doesn't suffer from that? Well, you get to that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um I, I agree, know. but there's been seasons where they managed to pull it off well. But there is definitely a lot of padding, especially in these CW shows. Mm-hmm. Not just Flash included, but obviously Arrow. And um, I'm not saying that I want the seasons to be shorter. I just have story arcs. You know, I don't. I don't think that one season just needs to be one overarching story. People, people will be okay if you want to have you know two separate story arcs that go on during one season. It's even kind of built in, you know, like where they've got the the break in the middle mm-hmm. of the season. Just mm-hmm. have your first one before the crossover and then the second one afterwards, you know? Yeah, I think that's kind of what Arrow is trying to do. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily doing it well. Yeah. But there's but different right. Right. plots in parallel through the mm-hmm. throughout the season. Speaking of Arrow. Yep. <laughs> so, so you're not caught up. No, I am not caught up. Sean, I, are you caught up? Like completely caught I, up? Nah, if there was an episode today, I didn't watch it. So maybe I'm like a okay. week behind technically, okay. I guess. Arrow time has been very lonely without you, Shay. I know. I'm going to get caught up. Um, I, I feel bad because I was really enjoying this season. Um well, I don't know if I want to say really enjoying. I was enjoying this season. <laughs> it's fine. It's like, I think the the hardest part right now for Arrow is it does not have a compelling villain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And really because of that, the show and the characters don't know what to do with itself. I heard, and I don't know if that was this week's episode or last week's episode, that it was entirely set in the future plot. That was not the last episode I saw. So okay, maybe it was... so I guess that's this week's episode. Yeah, mostly. I don't know anything that happens. I just I read that they the entire episode was set in that like the alternate future timeline. And you know, as much as the the future stuff's kind of all right with me, but I'm glad mm-hmm. they're kind of just putting it all in one episode as the primary focus. I can see that. I really, I do not enjoy Arrow's style of constantly cutting back to flashbacks every <laughs> 10 minutes. But I these think, are flash forwards. It's completely Or flash, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just botches the pacing so much most of the time. I think it was fine once again in earlier seasons, but it got worse as time went on. Yes, I, I agree. So it, it's been fine so far. I think... Again, it suffers from a compelling villain, and there's some there's some plot developments that happened that I wanted to discuss with you regarding who that villain is right now. Okay. That I'll have to wait. I think I know who it is because of where I left off, but I don't want to say anything in case I'm wrong. So. 
I am very excited. So Arrow did announce next season would be its final season. They did, yes. It's going to be surprisingly a very short 10-episode season, if I'm not mistaken, overall. Yeah, I think it was either 8 or 10 episodes. 8 or 10, yep. Mm-hmm. It's 10. Okay. So, And that kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Just, I think they want to make this last season the best it can be, and they're essentially cutting out the padding Yeah, yeah. that a lot, a lot of earlier seasons suffered from. So I'm mm-hmm. excited to see kind of what this 10 episode format what the execution is going to look like and how much different the quality is going to be as a result from it yeah i'm looking forward to that too um obviously while that is exciting it's also a little bit sad that it's coming to an end um you know i know this is the series that kind of started it all for both the um excuse me the the cw uh series but you know kind of uh it's what got all of us into watching these shows and it'll be sad to see it go, but also I would rather them end it before it just completely drove itself into the ground. And I feel like now the next season would be, it feels like a very natural point to end it. I feel like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. maybe it could have been a season list maybe, but um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, so I think I'd rather have it end on a, the highest note possible than kind of drag through the mud. Exactly. Exactly. I think, uh, you know, arrow has served its purpose. I, I'll definitely miss, uh, a lot of the, the characters in the cast. Um, I do think that, uh, Stephen Amell was a very good choice for green arrow. He was a very good steward for these, you know, CW, DC shows and it's uh it's gonna be sad not having it around anymore I guess uh maybe we'll have uh Batwoman to replace it but I don't know yeah I would imagine Batwoman's gonna be very similar in tone exactly exactly so but yeah it's uh, uh like you said I'm happy because I do feel like it'll be a good send off for the show um, I, um, I'm very much looking forward to the, the crossover next year, even though we have some ideas as to what might happen. I, I feel like it may not go quite how we expect it to go. Uh, but it's, it's definitely going to be a fun one. Yep. Do we know, is Batwoman going to start next fall or have they even said that yet? Mm, I saw some casting news earlier. Okay. I don't know how far along they are with filming. But I remember I they we'll did they did uh, mention who the, I guess, the center villain for the first season would be. Oh, yeah? Who was that? It was... It's like a lower tier bat villain. It, it, was, it was like a female villain, too. Okay. Okay. Someone from like the Royal Flush Gang or something. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool. I like them. So yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll see. But yeah, Arrow. Um, I'll I'll try to catch up, and we can uh, we can catch up on that next episode. We'll see. We'll see. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> now let's talk about uh, 
Titans. I mean, no, no, not, not Titans. Uh, Let's Doom talk Patrol. about the best DC show. <laughs> the best hero show, period. So, um, we've had two episodes since the last cast? Yes. I can't believe that we are on a two-week schedule, boys. That's uh, surprising. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, Doom Patrol, two very interesting <laughs> episodes have uh have happened the first of which i was i did not even know what to think most of the time (laughs) what is happening (laughs) so so weird that episode was like man it, it was super like just leaning into like the crazy supernatural side of things and also just like they they didn't hold anything back they were just like, all right, man, we're just going to throw everything at you, and you may have no idea what's going on, but you've just got to deal with it. And I guess that's kind of how the characters were supposed to feel as well, so it sort of worked. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we got the introduction of uh, a new character. Um, shoot, I forgot his name. Yeah, I did too, but he's, oh, um, um, he's from Supernatural. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was on Supernatural. Of you know, funny coincidence, but mm-hmm. uh, you mean um, the magician? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who's doing the whole chaos magic? Yeah, yeah. He's a chaos. Uh, what do they call him? It's like a chaos magician, I guess. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was an interesting character, to say the least. Um, I I I did really enjoy him. Uh, he he definitely kind of mixed things up with the show. I think it also kind of uh, threw a wrench into uh, like Cyborg's plan of them being like the perfect hero team and everything like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I felt like that episode had some some pacing issues, at least to me. Like, I felt like they had a lot to cram into one episode. Which was fine, but it was just like well, back to back to back. Well, I, I treat those two episodes essentially as a whole because that's really a two-parter. Four and five. Yeah, you're not you're not wrong. So I, I think part one, episode four, was the weaker of the half, mm-hmm. mostly just because it's it's a lot of setup for it what's going to happen in the next episode. I definitely and, like definitely like part two quite a bit more. And I feel like severing uh, Cliff and Jane from the group kind of I don't want to say weakened the dynamic, but I think their their side of the story was not as interesting. Whose side? Cliff's and Jane's story. Really? Huh. Yeah, I think I mean, Jane's probably... Jane's like flashback story was pretty good. I I still don't like Jane that much as a character. <laughs> really? Yeah, I, I think really she's like the her. I think she's the weak link. Really? I don't I don't agree I either. I love her character. <laughs> I think she only works when she's bickering with Cliff. Well, I think that's when she's best. But I that's still really cool. like her character. And I think her her, her latest personality was probably my well, favorite. The thing is like out of this fucking the out of the 64 yeah. personalities like sixty three of them are bitches. 
I wouldn't call. I would say that. What I don't doctor? Know. They're all basically that? the same bitchy character. That's not true. That's that's not true. that's true. One was a British meek girl, so she doesn't count as one of them. Uh, I I didn't like the meek girl, but I did like the the doctor personality. I thought she had yeah. a very uh, that, that's my favorite so far. She had a very unique uh, power as well. Mm-hmm. Mind control. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. That was a that was a cool power, and the way that they went about it as well was was pretty neat. And Cliff just continues to be the best on the entire show. Oh, like yeah. His reactions to everything is so <laughs> is so organic. It's like what what really, is going on? <laughs> I was really happy with part two that we did have the chief back. Mm-hmm. Ah yes, he was. I mean, obviously, we don't know what's going to happen with that going forward, but um, he, I don't know, I missed having him around. I really like the the team up with the Chief and um, Nobody. Yes, yeah, that was cool. That was a... And just the entire plan, as crazy as it was, it, yeah. it, it was awesome. It was, it was, it was fun. funny. Because nobody's like, man, so I didn't plan for this to happen. Yep. Did <laughs> so you guys... It's going to end... Oh, go ahead, Tommy. Go ahead. You're saying the world's going to end before you can do anything else with that. <laughs> so we got to fix this. <laughs> Did you guys notice the um, the scene where nobody actually like shows up? I felt like the CG was much better than it was in episode one. You mean when he gave uh, Jane the book? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I felt like that looked a lot better than it did in the first episode. Um, Just like the quality of all that. Yeah, I mean, I I guess maybe their budget's a little bit bigger already. Who knows? Um, But yeah, I I really enjoyed that. The, The chief, like Timothy Dalton, just plays that character so well. Yes. I really like... Like when he's on screen, like it's just, it's just it improves every scene. Um, I'm trying to think of what else really stood out to me about that episode. I, uh, the, the part two. Yeah. I I think the 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 comedic moments worked part in part two really well. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. again, just the whole crazy plan of. Nobody going back in time to Jane's character to create a cult to counter the other cult. Cool. Yep. And then you have those moments counter of it going cult. back and forth between the past and the present. And she gives the the one mission for the the smoker girl later. Yeah, yeah. And then the the other uh, psychiatric patients are just asking, "So what should we do?" <laughs> She's just like, uh. Everyone just start dancing. <laughs> I, I fucking love too that it was ring my bell because oh, yeah, that was, bell. yeah, that was really good. <laughs> so all these like yeah, like flash forward to twenty years or whatever. I guess the timeline is twenty or thirty years ago, and up there, everyone's mm-hmm. like obviously aged, but they're all yep. like they have the um the recreator like headbands and t-shirts and all that, and they just come out blasting ring my bell, and everyone just yep. starts dancing in this like apocalyptic moment. <laughs> the um. You know, Go ahead, Tommy. Go ahead. I was just going to say, you know what really baffles me? And I think they're doing it on purpose. I thought Jane was the youngest 
No, I mean, I guess technically Cliff is the youngest. And I'm like, do these characters age at all? <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? It's like when they said 1977, I'm like, wait a minute. Wait, what? Yeah. It's like you're telling me she's older than what she looks like. <laughs> because, like, um, uh, Rita makes sense. Yeah. Well, and, and, and then um, we can't see... Um, uh, that? Oh. Um, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, oh, Larry. Yeah, we can't see Larry's face, so and he's yeah, he burned come. from head to toe. Yeah, so yeah, he's so, burned, yeah. So. Cliff, so we so all, obviously can't. Cliff. Yeah, we can't see Cliff's yeah. face. I mean, I'm assuming it has something to do with uh, with Jane's powers. You know, I mean, well, what about the chief? <laughs> well, the chief. I mean, the chief's definitely aged. Has he? When. When they showed him in in the uh, the flashback with Jane, his hair was darker. Like, he wasn't as gray. Hmm. He also had a hat on, too. So maybe we're supposed to assume that maybe he hadn't started to, like, lose his hair yet then. Man. Um, I think they're doing that on purpose, though. Man. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> one thing, too. I... Uh, it was incredibly random, and I don't even know how it worked out. But the uh, the old lady that was supposed to like come and remind Jane to ring the bell, uh-huh. and how she was like, <laughs> I had to cut open a priest, and <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like I, I don't know, she was pretty funny. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, I liked her. I liked her encounter when the. Uh, I guess the witch, I'll call her. I'm not sure yeah, what she, yeah. she was exactly. I loved her encounter because the, the witch is just like you dare spit in the face of God. And she's like, honey, the only God I believe in is Springsteen, and I've spat on him twice. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then she just really takes good. out this gun, and she just, like, kamikazes herself <laughs> and the witch and her soldiers <laughs> in this big explosion. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, like you said, Sean, like, the, the humor was really on point in that episode. Yeah, I thought that was a good... Again, the second half of that whole story arc was much stronger. I didn't really care for the the the, the kid, the book boy. Yeah, like, I mean, I I got why it was important to, to Rita. And it was sad. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I don't know. It didn't do a whole lot for the story, I guess. Was anyone else like sweating when they had like the Rita and it was like an alone moment with Rita and the, the kid and they're outside and she's like, we can do whatever you want. Oh, I, whenever, not, wherever. not in that way. Uh, that was, was like, a year thing. I was like, almost. <laughs> that, uh, that moment was a little sad though. Like when he disappeared, like that was. He was 18. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing. The one thing that I did like about episode four, the first half of this, was when she actually used her powers, like, for real. Oh, like, like she really is a last Yeah, yeah. Alaska woman, I should say. Yeah, so, so that was cool. I liked that. They had a good, a bit, a good bit of action in the, I guess it was still the first half of this arc, where the um, cyborg and, um, the magician, or whatever, when all mm-hmm. those soldiers started barging in the, um, the mansion. Yeah, and, you that know, was pretty cyborg cool. shooting them all down. Um, the the magician guy has the the flaming sword, and they're all like turning into paper as they they fight. That was really cool. 
it's always cool to get to see Cyborg Booyah. So. Yeah. Booyah. He's really grown on me, to be honest. He has me too. Look, I really like I, I like the actor now. He's I still a bit small. That's what I was about to say. Like I, I, I see I still kind of feel how you do on that, Sean, but I I think that he plays Cyborg, you know, he plays him well. It's Yes. It has nothing yeah, to do with the, his acting. It's really it's just the look. Yeah. Like we have a look we're accustomed to when we think of Cyborg. Yep. Yep. Oh one more funny thing. Were you the only ones I I think I almost lost it when Baphomet came back when the chief was there. Mm-hmm. He basically turned into a starstruck fan girl. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? Like, <laughs> she turned around and was like, oh. And what was it? The uh, magician no. guy was like, are you guys going to get a stable or not? <laughs> <laughs> like that whole scene, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so weird, but... But so it's good. A, it's awesome, yeah. Yep. So, uh, speaking of Cyborg. Ooh. Uh, we're the gonna time move on. has finally come. Yeah, we're going to move on to another show that might involve Cyborg. So, uh, I think we mentioned this a few episodes back, but the uh, DC streaming service has also brought about the return of Young Justice, which is a show that uh, I know... Sean and I both thoroughly enjoyed. Tommy, did you watch the first two seasons of Young Justice? I did not complete the first season. Okay. I honestly can't remember. It's been so long. That that sounds about right. All right. So, um, (laughs) um, Young Justice originally started as a show on Cartoon Network, um, and now it's back. And it's really, really good. I I feel like that this season is just as strong as the first two seasons, if not stronger in some ways. I don't know. Do you feel the same way, Sean? I it's a very good season. I would say I still like season two more just because I enjoy the group and character dynamics in that season better. I feel like sure. I haven't really grown to like like this to really love this team yet. Mm-hmm. You're but not wrong. They're I mean. they're growing on me slowly, but I'm not quite at that level yet with them. Um, I did like the episode a lot, and I know you've seen all the episodes, so there's no spoilers oh, yeah, here. Yeah. So when they um they have to send the see I, I forgot the names completely the bug guy and um Halo to school. Yeah, <laughs> that was a good episode. <laughs> that was the first one with Cyborg, so. And then that was the first episode of Cyborg, yeah. Yep, yep. Never get old uh, seeing Cyborg's origin story. Yeah, that was good. Um, that's pretty pretty nice to have him as part of Young Justice now. Um, he was one of the few characters that had been, I guess, left out. Um, I I enjoyed the origin story. I enjoyed the connections with like the mother box and father box stuff. So that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I've come to to like Halo a lot more as as the series has gone on. I do too. I think the I'm still trying to like um, who's the foreigner guy again? Oh yeah, um, 
Prince. Like, right, whatever. Because like yeah. again, he's just basically season one Superboy. He is, yeah. Like for there's no better way to put it. Like that's honest to God what he is. Yeah, I I like him because he's it's Troy Baker doing his voice. So I mean, like that's cool. Um, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I don't know. He he's okay. But see, I, I I'm kind of like I didn't really love Superboy. <laughs> In season one, so same, same. But he, he grew on you, and you yeah, developed exactly. his character. So I mean, though, hopefully, this happens with this character. Though I'm curious how they're going to approach this storyline. It was kind of weird in the last. I think it was the last episode or the second to last episode with Superboy, like agreeing with like the weird like conservative like thing on TV. Did you catch that? Or he was watching Fox News. Yeah, like basically, <laughs> and he was like, he was like, you know what? I think they might be right. Like it was, <laughs> like I don't know, I don't know how they're gonna work that into the story or what that's gonna mean. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure what to take from that. I, I am glad they brought that back though. Like that's been a recurring thing through each season, um, and. Uh, the I did like that episode with Beast Boy. That was that was cool. That was a good episode. Yeah, and well, I think you liked it just because the the Doom Patrol reference. True, true. <laughs> but I um, I guess that means that we're going to actually have Beast Boy back as part of the team now. Maybe kind of sort of. Um, which uh, that'll be fun. Uh, what else? Man, there's been. I I like the episode. With it was Batman, Katana, and some yeah. other guy, and they had to like infiltrate some island or whatever. That was a really good episode. Yeah, yeah, that was a great episode. Um, what is that other guy's name? <laughs> I forget. Yeah, he was on. He was in season two, if I remember correctly. Yeah, but, yeah, he was. Um, but yeah, that was a really good episode. Um, and then we find out. That uh, that Tara is not what she seems. He was ready to watch Judas Contract for the third time. Yeah, I know, I know. Again, <laughs> again. Listen, same listen. fucking storyline. I don't think I don't think it's gonna go that way. I don't think it's gonna go that way. I mean, from just from that scene alone, it's gonna go that way. Uh, I swear, it's always the case with them. <laughs> tired of watching the storyline. I I don't know if it's gonna go that way. <laughs> what did you in the last, I guess, episode or two during the whole auction arc? Yes. Did you did you make the connection? Do you think that was the Court of Owls? Uh, maybe. They, didn't, they didn't make a, d- a direct reference to it I just felt like that style of mask yeah it really looks like it obviously um, I would love for them to do something with Court of Owls okay, I think yeah. that, that would be really awesome if they did um, I, I don't know if that's truly what they were going for I mean I, I have to imagine that maybe they at least wanted that to be implied mm-hmm. but I don't know. That'd be really cool, but that's its own story altogether. I can't see them trying to incorporate yeah. that somehow in this. I liked, um, I did like that episode though. 
I felt like that episode felt very much like a Young Justice episode, like what you expect from an episode of Young Justice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it was cool that we got to see some of the villains that we hadn't seen in a while. Um, Remind me who they were again. The, um, the ice guy. I don't remember that guy. <laughs> it was who they were fighting in that episode. In the well, I, I, episode. I remember, like, who they were fighting. I don't remember who they are. Yeah, like, they were in, I think, season one and season two, if oh, I remember correctly. There was a good bit. I think it was him and uh, the ice guy in Superboy. They're fighting. Yeah, like, yeah. Yo, what's going on? I haven't seen you in a while. He's like, yo, I'm getting married. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny. It was funny. I thought that was pretty good. Um, mm. I like the episode. It was like a play date with like all the soup. It was like all the moms married to like yeah, yeah. That was pretty cool. They brought all their kids over and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting, and you know they had like the whole. Uh, plot basically that uh what's his name submariner was that who it was yeah yeah submariner was gonna kill them all yeah then um he, he got jobbed yep <laughs> uh the lobo episode was pretty cool yeah that was good that was good it's always cool to have lobo around mm-hmm. um they all got their asses kicked but that's what you would expect yeah, yeah. Um, I like um, Forager more than I thought I was going to. That's the bug. Yeah, the bug guy. Hey, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's funny. He's grown on me. Um, what else? Man, there's just so many episodes. Uh, I really liked the episode where they like where they first meet him. Like when they go to that planet and everything like that, I thought that was a pretty good one. I like that episode primarily for the other heroes that they showcase. Yeah, I know because we got to see like Blue Beetle and stuff like that. You see Blue Beetle, you see Static, yeah. um, Wonder Girl, you see. And I miss getting to see all of them. Kind of like you said, I. I the, feel like the... I enjoy those moments more than when it actually focuses on the outsider team. Yeah. Just because I, I, I don't find outsiders. I mean, I like Halo and Forger's funny, but like uh, on on the whole, they're not that interesting. Yeah. It definitely just hasn't quite been at the level of enjoyment that you got from the other characters. Like, I, I get what they're going for, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I really feel like they need to work the, the rest of the team back into things. Yeah, I mean, hopefully adding Cyborg in the mix... Um, they'll make some for some good character dynamics. Yeah, I feel like maybe part two will lean into that a little bit more. I guess we'll find out. Is it going to be also 13 episodes? Yeah, I would imagine. Okay. And that's supposed to be June? Yeah, sometime in the summer. Okay, cool. cool. And, and I imagine they'll release it in the same kind of two or three episodes a week for Yeah. Which is fine. That sounds good to me. So, mm. Cool. Well, uh, Young Justice, it's been really enjoyable. If you 
watched either of the first seasons, I would definitely recommend checking this one out. Um, voice acting is still just as good as always. The animation is very good. Yeah, I think um, if you're a comic book fan, whether DC or Marvel, I think this is a show you definitely need to put on your radar. It's one of those things, Sean, that we kind of talked about. I think we talked about it with Doom Patrol, but also maybe with Young Justice. They don't hold your hand when mm-hmm. it comes to like the the lore of the DC universe. Yeah. They just throw you right into it. And you know, on the one hand, sometimes you have no idea what's going on, but <laughs> on the other hand, it uh it really stands stands well on its own because of that because they don't waste time trying to explain every little thing. Yeah, I, li- I like how every character is already established in the re- this universe. Like when a hero you've never seen shows up, not everyone's like, "Who? Who's that?" Who yeah, who's this guy? What's what? going on? Mm-hmm. It it just they exist and they know that they exist. Yeah. Um, it's I think it's best when it, <clears throat> when it does do things like that because I feel like a lot of these. These shows and, uh, you know, the DCCW shows are guilty of this, too. They just they spend so much time trying to introduce things and build things up that it uh, it takes away from what could be, you know, quality story that could just be a little bit more organic than, okay, let's explain this thing and then let's explain this thing and so on Mm -hmm. and so forth. So um I think that is one of the places that uh, DC's animated uh, uh, offerings have always shined the most. And I feel like maybe that's what they're trying to bring into their live action stuff now with Doom Patrol. And maybe that's why Doom Patrol works so well. Is they're treating it like they would one of their animated properties. And that's, I mean, that's great. That's always where they have have shown the most so yeah i agree just because again like you said the pacing is just so organic mm-hmm. but in both of these shows especially when you compare it to this the cw stuff which is almost like a slog at times exactly i i never i never feel like in like in those entire 13 episodes of young justice so far i wasn't necessarily like waiting for something to happen yeah um, I guess except for like them finding Terra, but that's a like. But even then, like there was still enough stuff going on that I didn't feel like they were just like wasting time. Right, right. Yeah. So, um, guess that wraps up the the DC Power Hour. Um. I think that uh, maybe should uh, wrap things up for the cast. What do you boys think? Time for bed. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, next episode, we will have our uh, spring anime preview. We will catch up with uh, Tommy on uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And maybe uh, slime time. Uh, we'll also have a bit more uh, video game discussion, and we're going to throw a little bit of Marvel discussion in there too. 
as we will be getting close to uh, the release of Endgame. And uh, we'll have a little bit of a discussion on that and our thoughts on uh, Captain Marvel as well. So with that, uh, that pretty much brings us to a close. As always, thank you so much for joining us. Remember, every other week you can catch us here, bringing you what we find interesting in the world of anime, video games, TV, and much, much more. If you like the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes or any of your other preferred podcasting platforms. Uh, no matter how you listen, we greatly appreciate the support. Um, as always, you know, don't forget to check us out on social media or uh, check us out at allfiction.net. Uh, feel free to leave us a comment or send us a, uh, a tweet. Uh, we'd love to hear your feedback on the show. Uh, let's see. You can find us on Twitter at allfictionnet. I am uh, twitter.com slash touche. Tommy is twitter.com slash princeleon. And Sean is twitter.com slash afrogene. Thanks again, everybody, and have a great night. Confirmation denied. Yeah. 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 Yeah.